I'm going to do it, Dudders. <laughs> Boris Johnson today to his political okay. friend and ally, Tory MP, James Dudridge. Jake, I can't believe what we've experienced or witnessed over the last 48 hours in this country with Liz Truss prematurely <laughs> resigning and Boris Johnson emerging as a potential successor. What what do you make of what's happened over the last couple of days? Well, I mean, for, for our avid listeners um, who have, you know, so studiously listened to the, the end of the first podcast we did, um, I had a quick question at the end. Will, Boris, will Liz Truss make it to Christmas? And Joe said, no. And I mean, I, I think I, we were talking about a month ago, will she make, will she last a month? And I didn't think she'd see November. And I'm, you know, it's, it's no surprise, is it? I mean, it's, incredulity is the worst. Um, I, can, can you believe in the, la- in the last six years in British politics, we've gone, we've started with Brexit and we've seemed to, we seem to be on, because in the middle of a tsunami at the moment, it's it's wild. I think that's it. I think that's the key word. I think what Brexit has seemed to have done in British politics is just create a revolving door for prime minister after prime minister, and there doesn't there doesn't seem to be any sign of that slowing down. I think Brexit has has definitely had that effect. Now, I'm I'm not particularly surprised that Liz Truss has gone, but the fact that we're entertaining the idea that Boris Johnson could return, support, support is growing for him, it's astonishing. And it's it's never happened before in British should politics. I, should I say, so we're, we're um, for reference, we're recording this at 10.30 on the Friday night. Um, List Trust resigned yesterday. And the scores are, the standings are, that Rishi Sunak is leading, um, as he was in the recent election. Uh, he's got one of his, uh, 103, uh, members of Parliament backing him, Boris out of nowhere, but he's still on the way back from the um, Dominican Republic. Has sixty years, and Penny Mordaunt is falling behind at twenty-five. So I just think um, for, for context, it's important to note that the nineteen twenty-two committee, the sort of parliamentary group which creates the rules within the, the Tory party, the way the leadership contest is going to work is you need to reach a hundred. MPs backing you before you were put forward to the membership, which given there's only 380 Tory MPs, means only three candidates can emerge victorious. And in the in the event that there's three candidates with over 100 votes, the one with the fewest, that will yes. get split. And then it will just be between two. Now, for me, from from what I've seen in terms of the polling of the Tory membership, if Boris Johnson is able to hit that 100, 100 MP marker, and, and get through to the, the second round, i.e. The, the Tory membership, it looks as if he's going to be reinstalled as Prime Minister. Um, well, it's interesting. I think they, they changed the rules. I don't know if you saw the 1922 committee announced that one of the things they're doing is if out of the three candidates, if two fail to get over 100, then the person with obviously be 200 automatically wins yeah so what, what, they're, what they've essentially tried to do is find a mecha- mechanism with which they can bypass um the the Tory membership because obviously the majority of the parliamentarians want sunak um but if it goes it will go boris needs what there's he's 150 mps are still left to declare before monday boris johnson needs 30 32 to be specific, like precise, and it's, it's done. He, no, he, 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 he'll be prime he, I'm, I'm telling you now. Next, this time next week, it'll be Boris Johnson. And I, and I, I think you're you're definitely 
probably right there. And one of the things, one of the votes which is quite significant is back in the summer when he went through that vote of no confidence, even though it was a terrible result when he had 150-odd MPs vote against him, he still had 211 vote for him. And that was in the midst of an ongoing legal investigation and after the party gate stuff. It's... uh, it's it's quite a remarkable turnaround, and well, I think I think I think what's what's interesting is uh, I think one one thing that's really unprecedented. Obviously, Liz, uh, Liz Truss is as popular as Prince Andrew was the height of the sweating pizza scandal. Um, so she she's by far one of the most unpopular figures in public life in this country right now. Um, Boris Johnson never sunk that low, um, and two and apparently. Um, I saw this on TLDR earlier, um, that were there to be a general election right now, or when Liz Truss was Prime Minister, Labour have such a giant lead in the polls, I think 40, 40 points up, the Conservatives would actually be on track to get one seat. Obviously, that's very unlikely, but just by sheer num- you know, in terms of sheer numbers, it would be one seat. Well, this is the thing, I think that's important because... Uh... Obviously, we we view it from the outside perspective, and very much as a, it's like it's a political soap opera. It's it's a drama, but I think what you've got here is many Tory MPs knowing that with Liz, Liz Truss as, as Prime Minister leading a general election, they're effectively going to lose their job. They're going to lose yep. their seat, and I think what you'll see is a lot of people uh, within the Tory party ignore the sort of moral flaws of Boris Johnson and realise that. Do you know what? I still, I'm still not convinced that if he was the Tory leader in, in the upcoming general election in two years, that he would come out victorious. But what I do think is it would be a damage limitation. There's a lot of Tory mm-hmm. MPs yeah. know their seat. Whatever, again, the amount of times I've heard it over the last few days, we're a parliamentary democracy or whatever, people vote for individual candidates in constituencies. Yeah. The bottom line, the bottom line is, yeah. if Boris Johnson's party leader, there's a lot of Tory MPs know they've got a good chance. Might have a much better chance, at least, you know, because the, the one the one thing he... Boris Johnson, you know, since Brexit was never popular. His popularity tanked after Brexit, but um, he still has... The only thing he has is his ability to go around and basically be, that's in that classic cliche, like a guy you'd want to go for a beer with down the pub. Yeah. Um, and I think going going into it with, with Farmer, who, to all of his credits... Um, comes across as a drier candidate, especially compared to Corbyn. Um, what the Conservative Party really need if they're going to get anywhere near Downing Street after the next election, which I imagine will be in two years' time, despite the public mood, um, yeah. they, they they need someone like Boris because he's both he's both the blessing and the curse of the party. After it's, it's his party, without it. They are completely dead. Without it, they're not a unified party. There's there's just a load of branches who believe in different things. I mean, the, the phrase yeah. that politicians always use is a broad church, but it's not that. It's is a party where I think there's just so many alternate views that there's no sort of one coherent leader that I can imagine leading them. And it, 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 this is just it's unbelievable. So I remember when Boris Johnson actually did his. Uh, farewell speech in in Downing Street a couple of months back feels like a, a long time ago. It really was. It was only the best part of forty five days ago. I think he he referred to the uh, Roman statesman Cincinnatus. I think that's how you pronounce it. Who was of course famous for being a early Roman Republic legendary military leader who 
gave up his his role, but and eventually came back. So he, he was already toying with the idea that it wasn't over then, and the fact that the the events that have unfolded mean that he he could return is remarkable. But anyway, before we we go off on Boris Johnson, I want to know: Are you are you convinced that Rishi Sunak, Penny Morden, irrelevance? It's it's just not going to happen. Uh, Penny, Penny Morden's irrelevant. I think um, the reason why Liz Truss won was because Penny Morden was so awful, and she, the more the more the public found out about her, the more her rates began um, her um, ratings began to sink. Um, Can I, actually, I need to correct you there, actually, because you made a key slip. It wasn't about what the public thought about her. It was about what the Tory membership thought. I know that's a bit petty, but it's an important point because that Tory membership, I tell you what, if you've been a Tory party member for the last six years, you've certainly got your money's worth. Sorry, go on. I, I, I joined um, much, you know, much to my chagrin in, in 2018 because I thought Boris Johnson would end up running for prime minister and I didn't want Boris Johnson. So I joined to um, two pound a year as a student. It's worth, you know, it makes you one of the most powerful people in the country. You know, I can for two pounds a year. You can, it's basically a bag of chips a year. Gives gives me a very very um, influential voice in the running of the country. Um, I didn't vote for for reference to anyone listening. I didn't vote in the last couple of elections. I thought um, the the choice was essentially between I don't know pancreatic cancer and a brain tumor. I, I you know. <laughs> The what I mean by that, I'm not trying to minimise either of those things, but just choosing between two horrible, horrible options, that being Liz Truss and Rishi Sunak, I, I simply couldn't vote in that. Um, but in terms of what, what Penny Morden was, I think she started out okay. But then after, for, for the electorates, after having seen her, um, her links to things like the World Economic Forum, to um, funding from Bill Gates and the Bill and Linda Foundation, you know, um, people started asking questions about where her loyalty um, lies, and mm. people found her to be far, far too global, far too global, uh, globally orientated. Yeah. Um, I, remember, I remember in the I remember in the previous leadership election, she faced a lot of backlash as the the trans issue came out as well. That yeah, and, and Liz Truss really went for went for her on that front. But yeah, I, I think we can dismiss her. I don't see any way that she is going to be prime minister. It's just a matter of where her votes go when she doesn't. I, although, although, to be fair, as you'd expect, there are close allies of her saying she's going to hit 100. But whether she gets more than Boris Johnson, that's not looking likely. Rishi Sunak is what I, if I was a Conservative Party strategist, or I was in the, this is the other thing that's really irritated me over the last few days. I've heard a lot of uh, Conservative MPs come out and speak about the damage that Liz Truss has done. And their primary focus is the damage she's done to the Tory party, the most successful party in Western political history. The damage she's done to the country is far more important. It's far more important and it gets my back up far more. And not only that, we are now approaching, not quite approaching, but we're not a million miles away from 2023. This is 13 years of Conservative-led government and it has been a shambles. I can't think of one thing they've done to make the country a better place. I I remember chatting with my my granddad about this a while ago and we're talking about trying to name one thing that the Tories have done there's one, thing, there's one thing that springs to mind. It's important. It's significant. I think David Cameron in 2013 legalised gay marriage. That was off the back of... That was actually only 
possible because of Ed Miliband's Labour Party voting in favour of it as well. So the, yeah. one thing, the one thing they've done, which I like, uh, was reliant on Labour anyway. They've not done much. They've had a whole sort of political soap opera over Brexit. They've had the Boris Johnson years. They've had the Dominic Cummings scandal. It has been yeah. a shambles. Well, well, I think worse than that, don't forget, for me, is, you know, the, the, that, that split and Theresa May's government, which three, that seems like a lifetime ago now. Again, I'm, I was the, the May years. I the May years. I forget very much. I, I, I do that though because I view the May years very much from my own political perspective, perspective as the Corbyn years and just wasted opportunity from the Labour Party where we we, yeah, we, I mean, we gifted the Tories this and and yeah, I just hope the next election. What I hope happens, I think in a, I think this is realistic. I think Boris Johnson as Prime Minister. I, I hope in the next general election that it's a Labour landslide and he loses his seat in Uxbridge. I don't think that's unimaginable. I think it's a 6,000, 8,000 majority, something like that. I think mm-hmm. that, that would be my ideal well, scenario. Well, one of the things was his his majority was slipping in the last couple of elections. What was it? Um, 2017. Yeah, yeah. I, I think um, Boris Johnson losing his seat um, wouldn't, it's not actually, well, a Prime Minister losing his seat isn't unprecedented. It has happened. Um, it happened to Arthur Balfour. Um, I think it happened to Stanley Baldwin, Stan, Stanley Baldwin as well in the twenties. I think um, someone can correct me if I'm wrong on that, but it definitely happened to Balfour. And so it's not it's not unprecedented, as I said. Um, I think Balfour did Balfour win that election? No. Okay, so he lost the election. Yeah, yeah, early twentieth early century. Um, but what I what I think realistically is going to determine. Um, the, the Boris Chancellor. I, I, as I said at the beginning of this, I can't see Rishi Sunak winning if it goes to um, to the to the members between Boris and Rishi, which is looking more than likely to probable. Um, but as one of the reasons Rishi Sunak lost was because he was seen as a traitor. He was, you know, essentially some people considered him Brutus, stabbing Boris in the back at the last minute, and uh, and he just he just. If, he, if he's losing to Liz Truss, which, I, I mean, realistically is pretty poor, I, I think mm. you don't have to be much to be, to be Liz Truss. Yeah. Um, up against Boris, who is back with a new sense of energy and obviously bringing his enthusiasm his, and his ability to be a satirist and almost kind of, oh, he is a likeable guy to a lot of people. <laughs> people who overlook that or choose to ignore it are just... Failing to observe. Yeah, yeah. I completely agree. Reality. Of course, he's a likable guy. People love him. I think in our home county, Jake in Suffolk, people like Boris Johnson. is is It's a fact. They enjoy his his sort of unique speeches and his unique mannerisms and his his own sort of style of humour. He he has a sense of popularity. There oh. is no denying that. Well, I think most importantly for, for most people nowadays is he's a guy who's not afraid to start afraid to start waving a Union Jack or an England flag and be seen, you know, supporting uh, the country where you don't get that as much. I don't. I think people you don't get that as much with someone like Richard Sunak who took a lot of um, criticism in the last leadership election because he didn't um, rescind his American green card until he got into got into the cabinet and people were asking questions. This is this is a key thing which I think is different from Boris Johnson in that sort of 2016 to 2020 period. All that flag waving and superficial patriotism mm-hmm. 
is is absolutely meaningless now. The way he's treated public office, the way this is important because when you go back to the the party gate stuff, is going to be brought up now. How can you consider yourself a true patriot when on the eve of Prince Philip's wedding, you're having a party and Downing Street is filled with booze and drinks and people are having a good time breaking social distancing when your policy is not to allow other people to do that? And what's more, the following day, there's images of the Queen who spent 70 years of her life with this man forced to sit down by herself on her own. Now, any sort of flag-waving will not cover up over that. And, and this is where it becomes significant as well, because we're no longer in an era where the opposition only waves Palestinian or EU flags at the Labour Party conference. Oh, that was massive. Um, Starmer recently singing the national anthem, not afraid to have the Union Jack in the background. The, it's changing. I think the plates are changing. I think uh, if, if he does become leader, then then 2024 will be our chance to... To really touch. Um, well, let me let me just um, make a caveat there. Um, I refuse. Like I know, I know you're not implying this, but if I if I seem like I'm defending Boris, I'm, I'm really not. I'm just trying to um, play the devil's advocate for people who support him. I can't stand the man. But also, by the way, when when, when Joe says our, I'm I'm also I'd also I'm completely opposed to Keir Starmer becoming prime minister as well. So I mean, I've someone in my position that's pretty dire. Whatever happens. Um, but in terms of he, he, Keir Starmer, it, at this point, um, with the opportunity still still there, the opportunity to either go into to a coalition with the Lib Dems for 20 seats or the SNP, which is also likely, but is also certainly likely to destroy the Labour Party's hopes for a long-term um, stint in office. Um, he, he, something would have to go seriously wrong to um, for him not to become Prime Minister in two years, unless... The one thing that good conservatives have, if they, if Boris, for example, can come in and settle it down a bit, because there's, there's still two years. I, I, I saw this evening that, that roughly six percent of the public wants a general election now. And at this 60, 60. Oh, six zero. Um, so uh, I, I do understand that's obviously the conservative. I think there's got to be. I do think there's got to be. But I also think if I have, if I again, if I was a Labour strategist, have my Labour head on. I think it's a really daunting prospect for the shadow cabinet and Labour to take over this situation. It's a it's a nightmare, and they could easily go in and create a hash of it as well. It's not. I, I, I heard Keir Starmer call for the need for a solid Labour government. Of course, you're gonna, you're going to say that, but it, I view it as a poison chalice at the moment, and I'm I'm surprised that uh, I think Rishi Sunak would be viewing it very much as. I'm going to be the the conservative leader to rebuild after we lose in 2024. There's no saving. Yes, the yeah. trajectory is set for for 2024. I think um, the one thing we can all infer from from the last few years is that the, the country is pretty much ungovernable right now. Um, so it's it's very strange that that anyone would want it. Uh, any who, who if you if you really want to, like for Rishi Sunak, as you just said, I, th- I thought it'd be much better for him. To take out to become leader after because he's still a very young guy. Yeah, um, sit, sit on the sidelines, criticize the government, um, be be basically as a German say the best of us and like the best of us are like the the um like uh, what you, um the know it all or something like that. Clever dick and sit on the side and um and criticize Boris's government for two years. Wait until um the Conservatives um 
are destroyed. And yeah. ripped apart, they lose 250 seats and, and then become leader, try and rebuild. Because I just don't know, I don't know where the rebuilding process goes here because I genuinely think that my my understanding of Tory party politics was very much that at the end of the Thatcher era, the party was split between Eurosceptics and Europhiles. Yeah. And it, it, it became clear towards the end of it, Thatcher was certainly on the Eurosceptic end. John Major's government, very pro-European. Um, and then, obviously, we had the, the glory years of New Labour. And in that, Cameron sort of tried to escape the the topic of Europe. Didn't really want to talk about it, buried it, kept it suppressed, kept a lot of the sort of the old right at bay, particularly, I think, as his, his gay marriage policy actually highlights best. And then in Brexit 2016, that just opened up a decade old, decades old rival within the Tory oh, party. The, the first example you can see... Yeah, well, the European Union, the European Union or the European Economic Community, which I'm referring to, that did begin in the mid-70s. No, 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 yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Um, what, what I mean by that is um, that, that um, the, 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 the Brexit debate and joining the EU is something that's haunted conservatism. Since since the mid nineteenth century, what I mean by that is obviously the EU comes around in the seven the fifty sixties and seventies, but the debate of protectionist economics and free trade goes back to the foundation of the modern Conservative Party with Disraeli. The debate between um, sorry, sorry, late his name, um, Sir Robert Peel and um, Disraeli, Disraeli tearing Robert, um, destroying Robert Peel's career over the Corn Laws. Um, and it becoming just really becoming um, protectionist and being against um, free trade internationally. Then that goes to what the reason why Arthur Balfour lost as well um, in the very early nineteenth century, twentieth uh, century. Sorry, is um, specifically again the argument of do we have tariffs um, over um, weeds? Do we have tariffs or do we have um, free trade? And that's opened up once again in um, during during Brexit. It's do we have a um, independent nation that can determine protectionist policies and what we allow in and out, and whether we have tariffs, things like that, or do we have? Um, are we part of a giant free trading block across so, Europe? What, what, that, that, that exists. It's one of those unique things that exists. In and I don't think. And while I, th- I don't think Brexit is explicitly a factor in what we've seen over the last couple of months. But what I think it did do and has done, it's just unleashed. The Tory party has always been able to portray itself as the non-ideological party, the party of pragmatism. I think there's real ideological division. This Truss's mini budget was like the most ideologically driven piece of policy I think I've ever seen. The idea of uh, fewer tax cuts and everything I've been banging on about for the last few years proved to be disastrous. Um, sure. I mean, the modern comparison to it is, is, I think the only comparison I think I ha- there is to what's going on in the Conservative Party is Labour throughout the, well, for 60s, 70s, 80s, the Benite wing and the Social Democratic wing. And that only was put to bed when the Social Democrats silenced the Benites for good. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. something's got to give. The, the Tory party won't be able to... Uh, hold up with all these competing ideologies as far as I'm aware. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think it's a unified party for as long as that persists. I think, really, you have to, I think it's really important to ask when it comes to 
for example, the mini budget. Um, of course, it's something that I'm not ideologically, in terms of an idea, um, a slightly um, freer markets, for example, and um, lower taxes is something that I actually agree with. But my issue was always that it was so fast. It's something that because the economy was in such dire straits at the time that you just can't introduce such drastic change so quickly, even though it's something that I personally find appealing if I, if I were to be a, a voter. Well, um, dude, I find it appealing. The thing is, with all, with all things, I'd find it... Most people would find it appealing if it were. Well, well, um, it, it's essentially a rough term to sort of modern um, Thatcherite policies in the economy of lower... Yeah, lower taxes, um, uh, reduction in corporation tax and national insurance. It's something like that that a lot of people know are, are, are opposed to. I mean... I know they are, but also a lot of people, if if those policies were introduced, and the thing is, I remember in 2010, the reduction in corporation tax actually resulted in an overall uh, increase in corporation revenue because there was more corporations coming to the UK. If that had happened with this budget and it had been a success, a lot of people... I don't think would have would have been so annoyed with it, but it it just didn't work. I'm true, but also I think I think a, a big point here is what determined well determined what determined the last leadership election was essentially who who was socially slightly more conservative. The big problem the conservatives have right now is they don't in terms of their social policies, they don't serve a purpose. They're extremely liberal. Um, they they follow whatever Labour's doing. They do whatever Labour did two that's years ago. Not true. That, that, that's not true. That, that, it is actually the, 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 the Conservative Party serves no social. There hasn't been a socially conservative policy in this country for decades. There's been nothing. But, but you're actually, I think you're actually wrong on that. They don't follow what Labour do, and particularly on the trans issue, they're far more hardline. Uh, Are you they, sure? I'm sure. Jake, the Labour Party really has indulged within. Wokery, and it's it's an issue, I think. You, Jake, the Labour Party, you you can't get many front front um front bench Labour figures or big Labour figures say trans women shouldn't compete in people's sport. has that. The, the the grassroots level of Labour is far um, more mixed up in this. Whereas the Conservative base, the voters are obviously we know where they stand in terms of let's say trans rights. Um, but if you look at, for example, Penny Morden, she's happy to throw away that trans women are women. And that's one of the reasons, that's a massive reason why the Conservative base did not like her. If you, if you were to ask, if you were to ask realistically, if you're going to pin someone like Rishi Sunak, um, Suella Braverman, um, gosh, I just named him Dominic Raab, and you were to say on Good Morning Britain, are trans women women, they'd automatically say, yes, they are. The, 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 the big problem with the Conservative Party is where they're going to struggle now and what they've done is no one likes them in terms of their social policies whatsoever. Like, for example, gay marriage was um, promulgated under the Conservative government. The idea that these are socially conservative people is nonsense. Instead, what they are, essentially extremely liberal um, people who, who want to open up the markets and be, let's say, fiscally slightly uh, more cautious than the Labour Party are. But what Boris Johnson's government proves 
um, during the COVID era. So it's they, realistically, the economy can't be trusted in their hands either. It's a joke. Um, that the idea, the idea that the Tories are the economically competent party, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. such a myth, and it's been able to exist for as long because we've got a media that are so entrenched in Conservative Party interest. It's it's an absolute myth. No, I get, I get, I would, um, I, I would say, the reason why that there is that myth. The reason I think like it's obvious, like what happened with Boris Johnson when people were saying in the last election Corbyn's going to bankrupt the country. I was like reminding all these Conservative voters how Boris Johnson did that exact thing um, over the last few years. Mm. It, it seems to me that what the Conservative Party seems to be more bothered about is appealing to um, places like Islington rather than going north. What, what Boris, the reason yeah, why... How can you say that? Well, you, that's nonsense, because the last... Uh, well, first, 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 fine, fine, fine. They are incredibly green, incredibly progressive um, in terms of their attitudes to um, gay, trans rights, etc. Um, they're all getting on their knees for Black Lives Matter. These things... Well, these these things were... The, the, vote, the, average, the people that put them into office in 2019 detested such things and they just go along with this. No, that's, um, it's, that's a broad sweeping statement. It's not true because the Conservative Party have been so successful throughout its history because it's open and willing to move with the times and adopt those positions which they see fit. You label extremely liberal are commonplace in the Western world and the idea of a mainstream government opposing them the mainstream political party no. opposing them is no, no, look, 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 um, look, again, what's most important here, there's, there's, there's moving with the times and there's also trying to restrict drastic change to culture. The Conservative Party does, has never done the latter. Moving with the times, you know, at this point means, means for example, going to gay pride parades um, and dancing with the police. It's like, no, the Conservative people hate it. People detest it quite rightly, in my opinion. Um, in terms of anything they've done, again, what we can leave it for next time, I suppose we can we can begin this conversation because I see you know, we're running out of time here, is that if you can go away and try and give me one cons- one policy that's actually, social policy that's actually seen as conservative in the last 50 years, I think um, you'll you'll do very, very well. So there, well there's, there's, there's rhetoric and there's action and the Conservative Party just has absolutely nothing, nothing to offer. Well, on that note, we'll leave it. And uh, yeah, I look forward personally to see what happens over the next couple of days. Nice chat with you. See you yeah, later. Very nice. See you next time. Okay, bye. bye.